Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 17 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. My guest today is narrator Lucas Webley. Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, Lucas. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thanks, Viviana. Thanks for having me on. I know it's no, it's a pleasure to talk to you and get to know you better. Um, and she darn, I get to listen to your voice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you became a narrator? Um, I'm not sure exactly how long. It's been a fair few years. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't know, ten years maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's it's longer than I care to remember. I've I've mm-hmm. done a lot of. A lot of books and a lot of like uh, work generally. I've, I've done some very diverse stuff. Mm-hmm. I've um, I've voiced slot machines and self parking cars and things like this. But um, books are good because it's where I get to be more of an actor rather than uh, just like an announcer. So that's what I enjoy about that. Um, how did I begin? I think w- what it was. Uh, I was browsing Reddit one day, and I saw a comment on Reddit. Someone had just put this, this terrible comment. I can't think what it was, but it was something really gross. And I was like, that that sounded funny if, it, if someone said it in a very like uh, classy way. <laughs> and so I made a, a novelty account, some people do, mm-hmm. just, just to amuse myself. <laughs> and uh, whenever someone said something terrible, I'd, I'd record like a little five-second sentence of me repeating it back in a very classy way. And it kind of <laughs> caught on a bit. And then people said, wow, I really like, like your voice. And uh, what, what audio books have you done? What, where can I hear more of your voice? And then I was like, well, well, fuck, I, you can't. So I thought, well, maybe I should look into doing that. And so then I began auditioning for um, voice roles. And then I just seemed to kind of get most of them. So I was like, well, I'm definitely onto something. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. Ah, well, lucky us. <laughs> I I love that you were taking something that was being said and then transforming it into something else. God, to listen to those audios, that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I can't even like I wouldn't repeat them to you now. I'd be too embarrassed. It was like whatever was ter- the worst things I could find on Reddit. I would just say them. It's mm-hmm. very kind of you know. Yeah. Like I've like I've got a can of coke here, so I would say mm-hmm. saying this kind this kind of accent. Coca-Cola, original taste, that kind of, you know, radio <laughs> voice. That's awesome. Yeah. It's one of those things where you kind of twist, you get something bad or not so good or whatever, and then you make it into yeah, a funny, yeah. it, you have to. Yeah. It's almost, uh, I know sometimes I do that when I, when I read reviews for things, for books and stuff, I'm like, well, let's do this in a British accent. My British is not good. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, oh, let's, let's just do a little like uh, Bridgerton or things like that. It's, it's kind of funny oh, to, yeah, yeah. to play around with the accents. Um, but it's funny too, because your, your bio though says um, one man, an army of voices. Oh and yeah. 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 <laughs> you're real <laughs> is like this. It's like runs the gamut on the spectrum of how many different sounds and voices come out of you. And I'm like, I know yeah, this is I, just one man. And yet it sounds I, like, there's I, do, like I do kind of pride myself a little bit on versatility um, mm-hmm. because I've done so much like different forms of work, like video games, they require certain kinds of voices. Like if someone wants you to be like uh, a cowardly 
ogre or something like this, you have to have a voice for that. And then if someone wants you to be the, the noble hero, like king or something like this. So you have to kind of really go the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I've just kind of always been able to kind of do that. I'm not saying it's effortless or anything, but I can, I can adapt very well, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of, do you have any sort of ritual before you start recording to help with the voice and kind of get you into that range where you need to, you know, such a variety of things? You know, no, I don't. I just go in cold every time. <laughs> but <laughs> I think, big... <laughs> I think, I think maybe like I, I had a background in music. I used to be a singer in a band. I suppose most people have been at some point when they were teenagers and things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had a quite aggressive singing voice, so it's oh. quite you know quite rough and and um, and loud, mm-hmm. like a rock blues kind of a voice. Mm-hmm. And then um, at some point in my late teens. Uh, the texture of my voice kind of broke, not like a, my voice breaking through puberty, but like a different kind of break. Mm. Whereas then I could like, I could speak smoothly or sing smoothly, like kind of angelically. And then I could switch it to like demon mode oh. and then be like rough and gravelly. And I think that's helped me a lot with, uh, with voice acting because mm-hmm. you do, it is required. If you're doing a book with like five characters, you need to be able to switch between voices yeah. Like between young, young, you know, a uh, young prince, say, and a, a, like a demonic thing. So it's good to be able to be able to switch on. I think that the singing helped with that. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I think that um, you kind of start training your voice pretty young to go through the different, you know, tones and, and you know, your, it's a muscle at the end of the day, your larynx. Well, so yeah, yeah. Your vo- the vocal cords. So having to record that in advance and being a band as a teenager. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. I had friends that were in bands, so I, I, I remember those days. Ah, to be young well, again. I, I, carried right? on, I carried on being a musician for years afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still perform now and again. Yep. Not so much since uh, COVID because um, not everywhere shut down for two years. But I did regularly perform in my hometown, just uh, myself and a guitar or sometimes with a small group. And so I've never stopped singing. So I st- uh, that that does still help with the voice as well especially if i do a gig and then i've got to record the next day that's when i do the uh the guttural kind of mm. villainous animal <laughs> kind of voices because you've got so much vocal fry the next day mm-hmm. after you had a couple of be- beers and <laughs> sang sang for an hour you mm-hmm. can sound like a lion if you want to so <laughs> Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I, that is definitely something talk about timing, right. And planning things out. So I'm going to have a gig on Friday and there's going to be some beers on, on top of the, 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 the singing. So yeah. on sat and Saturday and Sunday, I'll probably record those, those two Pacific roles. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the only planner. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes down to the voices and stuff in the books, how do you go about selecting how the character is going to sound specifically when you're narrating a reverse harem and you are doing all the guys. Yeah. I do a lot of the reverse harem. And um, so it, I, it's not all that I do. I've done like a bunch of other stuff, but I do get picked a lot. And I think it's because of the, the, the um, range. diversity and the range. And it's uh, usually I'll ask the author for a brief, like biography. I'll say like, give me an age range and a kind of attitude, a couple of keywords for the character. So that I can like, lock in like if they say oh this one's wise then you might go okay he's got maybe slight more gravel to the voice and this one's 
petulant. So you go, okay, maybe it's a little higher pitched, maybe a little, you know, bit camp. But you just, I was kind of, and then I cat, like I get these keywords and the brief bios of the characters. And then uh, I kind of sometimes, not all the time, but I'll, I'll cast them. Mm-hmm. Like I'll movie, movie star cast them mm-hmm. and then, and then go down that avenue without, without mimicking, but like kind of going like, like, oh, that the villain, or oh, that be, oh, that's kind of a James Spader kind of a thing. Oh, girl. And in my mind, then it's James Spader. And then I'll go with that kind of thing. So I'd, I'd kind of fantasy cast in my mind and then stick to that. Okay. Yeah, because it's it's one of those things when it comes down to the reverse, specifically reverse harems, there's so many of the guys. And sometimes they're all in the same room. Yeah, yeah. Having the conversation with each other. and Yeah, so you, you have to definitely separate the the voices and the the attitudes of them. That's mm-hmm. why I, I kind of ask for the attitudes. I'm like, well, this, the, this guy who's like, say, the nominal leader of the group, you know, is he, is he short-tempered? Because then you can kind of infuse it in the voice. Not all the time, but it's always there in the background. Mm-hmm. No, it really does help because the cadence too, like if they're more of the excited yeah. type, they're going to talk a little bit faster because they get yeah, exactly. you know, giddy and stuff. Um, do you prep the book in advance aside from getting the author's notes? And how do you prep? Uh, I don't do a lot of prep because uh, I, I just kind of like to freewheel. And then uh, if it's not coming together, I'll I'll rethink it. But usually I can lock onto it pretty well. And then it's submitted to the, like I normally do, I'm sure this is this is the usual method, but you'll submit a, a chapter to the author and they'll, they'll give you notes and say, well, I love this, I love this, and I hate this, or I love this, or I'm not keen on this. And you, you just tweak it from there and then you're good to go for the rest of the book. And I kind of enjoy watching the book unfold as I'm, as I'm reading it because then if there's any surprises, I can kind of articulate that surprise genuinely because I didn't know what was coming. Yeah. And some, when there's that, that, Ooh, Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And you're like, Oh yeah. But sometimes when that happens though, if I know it's more so in thrillers, I think, and even like romantic suspense where you think that the bad guy is not really the bad guy. And so giving them those kind of voices too, is, is interesting and kind of, so I can only like, Ooh, yeah. I, I made them too obvious. But, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There is that danger, but like, um, I think I, I tend to approach most of the books. Most of the books are written where the villains aren't just outright villains. Anyway, they've always got some nature of redeeming features. So you try and make them a, more rounded as characters. Anyway, that is true. Especially- you know, try not to keep them one dimensional. <clears throat> I mean, but sometimes they literally, you know, in the fantasy books, they they do turn into like snarling monsters so you know that's the way that they've got to be voiced there's no complexity to like these you know hell hound men or whatever they are mm-hmm. well yeah i mean when it comes down to uh, to the different genres there's always these you know paranormal and fantasy and it's the shifters and the vampires and yeah yeah you know and aliens in space and things morph and you're going okay yeah yeah, yeah. let's go, let's go there <laughs> The other thing too that um, specifically romance narrators, uh, romance, excuse me, listeners um, are very excited about are the accents and the accent work when it comes down to the characters. You yeah. have a natural British accent because you're British. I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but what is your favorite accents to perform? Um, uh, Irish ones, okay, because that's UK, so that's kind of 
not natural to me and Scottish as well. A lot of people like the Scottish. So mm-hmm. the British accents are, are, are good. But um, I've got a trouble doing American accents as long as it's not too specific. If someone says, oh, can you sound like you're from Maine? I'll go, uh, I, I, maybe, let me listen to some tapes first. <laughs> but I can't, you know, I'm not that, that specific. Mm-hmm. But I don't generally have a problem with accents. I enjoy doing all of them, really. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, like with um, the set of books I did for, um, I can't think of what they're called now. But there was like an Irish guy in there and he was a lot of fun to play. The writing was just fun. Mm-hmm. But just doing the accent kind of came naturally because I always had difficulty with the Irish accent for years. I couldn't get it. And then one day, just, I don't know what happened. I just just fell into place and then I, I couldn't stop. So I do, I do have a lot of fun with that one. Yeah. Irish is fun. I do like the yeah. Irish accent and things like that. But yeah, I can see when I was listening to your reel, you had some um, American uh, in there and I'm like, oh, it's really good. But I know it's also oh, hard you. to maintain because there's different ways of pronouncing the words and where your tongue lies and things like that. So I yeah, can, yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine where if you had to carry that for an entire book, it'd be, I don't, it's not, it's not particularly difficult. I'll, I'll occasionally get notes back saying, Oh, you, you, you said um, privacy instead of privacy. Oh. oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Gen- gen- generally speaking, it's, it's not mm-hmm. a problem because just, you know, as a British person, you're immersed with American media a lot anyway. Mm. Uh, like you know it's always been american tv always you know american movies so you you pick it up by osmosis whether you like it or not but you know some people over pronunciate the r's in american mm-hmm. i'll say american and it's like no 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 no. Either. so you have to get the nuances right mm-hmm. but, um it's not so much a struggle going through a whole book for me personally but then again uh i've always uh had a level of mimicry and a lot of people think the voice acting is just mimicry and it's not like that. A lot of people I'll meet will say like, uh, oh, you're a voice actor. And I'll go, yeah. And then they go, oh, you should hear my uh, Kermit the Frog. And I'll go, it's, it's, not what it, it's not what it's about really, but thanks. And yeah. they might do a great Kermit the Frog, but it's, it's not just mimicry. It's, there's a lot more to it. <laughs> it yes, but I, 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 was, uh, I was like gifted somewhat in mimicry since I was young. My mom uh, said, I don't remember doing this, my mom said oh, I used to do Ronald Reagan impressions when I was four years old. Oh my god! So I'd see Ronald Reagan on the news because I'm, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Oh, I was amazed that you, know, you were like a little tiny kid doing these Ronald Reagan impressions, just saying Nancy and Ronald Reagan's voice and things like that." Aww. So I've, I've always had that kind of ability. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that sometimes comes naturally to others. I have the thing where if I'm hanging out with someone for a while and they have the accent, I will start picking it up when I have visit yeah, yeah. friends in or like family in, in Texas, there'll be a bit of a Texan playing. Yeah. <laughs> and the one time I went to Boston, I, you know, this has been like almost 20 years ago. Yeah. I can't say the word car without saying car, you know, it's like car. Okay. It's like car. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, dude, it's just one word, but whatever it's a, uh, yeah, but they're fun. I know that uh, sometimes people can take it to the extreme and it's now you're like the Lucky Charms Irish for the oh, commercials. Yeah, I, I know someone, someone, um, someone I know well that grew up in the same city as me in central Eng- England in Birmingham. And I don't have a particularly strong Birmingham accent. I don't really have the accent at all. It's a dreadful accent, actually. But someone I know that was, was born here and raised here, they moved to London 
for, and then like two weeks later, they came back for lunch and they were speaking in like full on London Cockney accent. I'm like, what? Stop, stop doing that. You've only been there for two weeks. And they go, oh, sorry. I just talk like this now. That's how I talk now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they just completely went full London. Oh, wow. Talk about immersion for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it, it's it's interesting when you're saying how you guys are immersed um, over there with all the English, you know, the American stuff. We yeah. get one channel here, BBC America, you know, and oh, yeah, 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 and it's like, dude, or PBS sometimes when they do those miniseries, and I'm like, why can't we yeah. get more broad with the? Because you guys, there's a lot of good shows and a lot of good movies that oh, come yeah, out yeah. of you know the UK, and it's like, ah, but yeah, you know, I think it's not- um, I think it's improving now yeah. with you know internet access and everything people yeah. are people are, yeah people are seeing more stuff but yeah um for years like there's so much great british stuff that just americans weren't aware of but it is mm-hmm. getting better yeah no especially with streaming i know that i uh when i saw pride and prejudice with uh matthew mcfadden i went on a oh what oh, else yeah. has he done and then i'm like oh he's done a tv show it's called you know mi5 and yeah, yeah, yeah. And things like that. So I went on a whole like, how can I get this? And I ended up buying some D- um, some DVDs in Amazon UK and having to rig my DVD here <laughs> to have it play. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew McFadden does an excellent uh, American accent, I think. Yeah. I must say in succession, if you've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I went down a rabbit hole of Matthew McFadden and I saw everything. Tom <laughs> um, Gans, what a name. Yeah. It's a, he's a really good actor, but, um, but that's yeah, how really I, I learned that, you know, like even like the DVDs are different and the, there's codings and things like that. And I'm like, man, that sucks. Oh, yeah. Region lock stuff. Yeah. yeah region lock stuff and things like that. But I'm, I'm grateful for the, being able to stream stuff and be a bit more culturally aware of things. As oh I yeah. I mean, I don't have any physical media now whatsoever. I used to have <laughs> shelves of DVDs and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's all gone now. It's just pure streaming. Exactly. Yeah. Unless the other thing too, if I like the movie a lot, a lot, a lot, um, I might buy it simply because it's like a comfort, almost like a comfort read. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's, it's also sometimes, especially with this, at least I'm not sure how it is there, but here they'll put something that you're available to stream. And then all of a sudden they'll get rid of it. And you're going, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, and it's like so. I'm like, that's why I have my Pride and Prejudice DVD, you know, from that movie. Got the collector's oh, yeah. edition. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you were. We were talking about the accents, and that um, when it comes down to the American, when it's specifically a region, those are yeah. a bit more difficult. Would you consider that to be like the hardest ones for you to perform, or are there others? Yeah, it's hard uh, mm-hmm. because um, because you think well it's mostly going to be an American audience. So you don't want to sound bad. <laughs> you don't want to sound like, you know, um, like the equivalent would be uh, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. Oh God. Yeah. I and it, it's, it's, it's dreadful. I love Dick Van Dyke and mm-hmm. I love him in the movie, but it does not sound English. It doesn't sound like anything <laughs> I've ever heard. So you don't want to be Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. So uh, a good example. <laughs> well, yeah. And, uh, so I generally just go with a general American accent. So mm-hmm. I can turn it a little Southern if needs be, or, or very heavily cartoon, cartoon Southern if needs be. Mm-hmm. But uh, generally it's not required. Uh, if it is very region specific, if it's region locked, like a DVD, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, then I will do 
the research that's required. I mean, depending on how much they're paying me. <laughs> <laughs> if they're paying me enough, I'll do the research and, and yeah. really get into the role. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll try and contact people from wherever it is and try and get some tips and things. Got it. Yeah. Because it's uh, we, in the accents here in the States are very particular and individuals are very proud of their roots. And oh, it's, the, it's the exact same here. Yeah. There's so, so many yeah. accents and they're so like you could go, uh, you could go uh, 50 miles from where I am now and then barely understand someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did not know that until I traveled to Atlanta, Georgia and someone's like, Oh, you're not from here. Are you? And I go, what gave it away? And, and she's like, <laughs> how you said Atlanta. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And same thing with like Louisville, Kentucky. And, yeah. and things like that. So it's always, it's, I've always been fascinated with accents and how, you know, pronunciations of words and also sometimes the passion that people show like, dude, it's okay. It's okay. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, generally speaking, I do try and honor the, the regions as best as I can, but I can't claim that I've always got it perfectly, but I do try. Yeah, no, that's on it. I think it's that um, a realm of disbelief, just a slight enough for me to say, oh, yeah, Southern, good, done. Not yeah, specifically, yeah. Um, you know, from this town in this region. Yeah, it's just I, I need enough just to get me through that yeah. so I can believe it. Yeah. And of course, America is such a, a vast space that um, people from one side of America might not know the the, the uh, specifics of, you know, uh, a Wisconsin accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wouldn't make any difference. It's only the people in Wisconsin that would know. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. <clears throat> um, yeah, but they'll, they'll get to sometimes those individuals on the reviews. I, there was one time where someone was reviewing a book and they were, ugh, I, I laughed my ass off because they were like, his Irish really sucked. And I'm going, dude, the narrator is Irish. <laughs> and a similar one with a British one. Oh, his British was just so not convincing. It was just atrocious. I'm like, he's British. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've I've had similar to that. Well, not they didn't say I saw they're going, oh, your your British accents. Wow, it's 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 really good. I'm really amazed by your British accent. Because they, they assume I'm American if I start yeah. in American. No, that is true. I think sometimes we don't know where you guys are from because a lot of you are very mysterious and don't have websites or, or things like that. But when we learn, we're like, oh, you're British. Oh, okay, cool. That yeah. makes more sense why your British like, is so uh, damn good. Hugh, Hugh Laurie, a lot of people didn't realize Hugh Laurie was English Mm-mm. in America, but he's the most yeah. English man in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, watching House was definitely like, oh, okay. And then I did some reach. Oh, he's British. Damn. Yeah, he's very British. He went to Oxford and, and rode for Oxford and everything. It's uh, He's very, very British. Oh, I, I didn't know you could do a thing that where you're very, very British. Is oh, yeah. There, is there a, like, a scale? Like, how do you become very, very British? Well, if you went to Cambridge or Oxford, that's very British. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think. I think we have stuff like that here, depending on the states. If you're... Yeah, Harvard, you know, like, I guess. Yeah, or but even then, like depending, like if you're from Florida, you're you know if you went to like the state university or you yeah. know UM and stuff like that. So yeah, so I get that. Cool. That's where you're based, isn't it, Florida? I am in Florida, but I'm in Orlando. Yeah, smack in the middle. 
How is it? It's what do you mean by how is it living here? Yeah. How is it generally? It's good. We have really good weather, except for when we have hurricanes in the summers. But um, of course, yeah. And then I'd, I'd we... be terrified of that. I'd be terrified. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good thing is, at least compared to other natural disasters, we get warnings and things are built yeah. here up to code, supposedly. Um, and so you are able to prepare and things like that. But it's still terrifying. And I've born yeah. and raised here. Um, we have the humidity, which is the worst part of it all. And that this is what I've heard about Florida. It's very humid. Oh my goodness, it's horrible. And as a native, I never realized how it how we what was being like. They're like at the humidity. I go, you know. And then I went mm. to Colorado in the middle of summer uh, for a book convention, and I was able to walk in and back and forth outside, and I didn't have that sweat all the way in the back, you know, my back. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is what they mean. <laughs> when it's the oh fuck <laughs> like i don't like humidity it sucks um oh, yeah. yeah and then we you know we only get two seasons you know wet and dry yeah <laughs> but we only get one wet <laughs> we get three days in summer where it's baking hot and then the rest of it's just just drizzle <laughs> oh yeah, That's an exaggeration, but it does it does rain a lot. Here. Yeah, I, I, we weather, hear that. The weather the weather here is essentially identical to Seattle. Mm. I would say. Yeah, I still want to go visit though. I've never been abroad. It's it's on my list of places to go and do. Oh, you should definitely you should definitely visit the UK. Yeah, I would love to do the whole UK and uh, you know Ireland and stuff like that. And it's so cool because you guys can do like get on a train for a few hours and then you're in a completely different country. I'm still in the same yeah. state after a few <laughs> hours. <laughs> I think I got to drive like 10 hours to get out of my state in well, going north. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you drove 10 hours in any direction from my city, which is right in the middle of England, right in the mm-hmm. middle of the UK, dead center. If you, if you drove 10 hours one way in any direction, you'd be in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to do that. Thank you. That's not how I want to do my trip <laughs> when I, I go there. Yeah. Romance is said to be an umbrella term with all the subgenres <laughs> underneath it. And that's where we get the paranormal and all that fun stuff uh, with different yeah. contemporaries and things like that. Is, do you have a favorite subgenre to perform? Um, I do enjoy the, um, the paranormal ones and the, the demonic ones because you do get to really let loose and be like a cackling evil monster and that, that's always fun to do if it's not paranormal it's just generally normal people you still get to express some some good emotion some rage and some and some upset i've got a, a kind of i don't know what it is i enjoy being upset in these books so i think you <laughs> might show some more of my acting range but i like it when he says and then the so-and-so uh his voice broke as he began to speak and then you have to do like that kind of crying voice and i kind of like being able to just do that it's kind of Makes me feel like a real, the real deal. (laughs) (laughs) It is something that is said about your narration is that the performance and how the emotions evoke come out of it is very gut wrenching. You know, like we can feel it. It's like, I'm like, oh my God, he was crying. You know, he was really pissed or dang, he was crying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I do do like, uh, I don't like read reviews or anything, but I do like when I occasionally get the odd bit of feedback from, mm-hmm. from the producer and say, oh, so-and-so said it, you, you made, you made them cry with this book. I'm like, fucking nice. 
<laughs> Authors and now you guys, now you, as far as the narrator goes, love making us listeners and readers cry. It's like, I mean, I'm the wrong girl for that. I'm not a crier. Um, like I'm, it's, it's not necessarily crying. It's just like taking them to a place where it moves them. Oh yeah, that's true. Where they're not just like just flipping through the pages or just, you know, it's like background. You've gripped them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the element of it that I like. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's when you're completely like, you cannot put it down. You want to know what's happening and you're invested. It's definitely a sign of not only a really great book. Invest, invested and blubbing in tears, ugly mm-hmm. crying. <laughs> 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 yeah I know. Not a cry. I, i'm not i'm not a, I'm, i was gonna say i'm not a cry but i cry at like movies all the time well yeah when it's it's so it's one of those things i've noticed where there's certain types of individuals like they will cry at a concert or when they're a fangirl anything i am not that girl never have yeah, been no, I, I, I never i never was but like uh, and i would never cry at movies mm-hmm. or anything like that until I, I was uh what am i now i think i'm 43 now and when I got to about 40, I, I was like, I don't know. Just, <laughs> I was watching. It wasn't even something sad. It was something, you know, mild and something happened. And I was in tears. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm not going to bother holding it back anymore. And I just <laughs> cried at like every single film I seen. Oh, yeah. No, there, there are those moments um, in movies and things like that. It's just, uh, but it also you're, you're watching something when it comes down to the books. I mean, I do see almost like a movie when it's being, when I'm reading it or listening to it in front of me. Yeah, but there's just something about it. But that's where there's been a few instances where there have been like, oh fuck, I'm crying, and it's like, <laughs> damn it, insert narrator's you know name here, and damn it, you know, Sasha Summers for writing that book. <laughs> She's like, I made Vivi cry, and I'm like, you're <laughs> lucky, I love you. <laughs> yeah, but paranormal is actually one of my favorite genres as well. I love the fact that people can morph into something else and be a shifter and all this you know fun things too so i'm sure it's also fun doing all those different voices and characters it is yeah the the more of a stretch the more i enjoy Mm -hmm. it generally Mm -hmm. is there a genre that you have not narrated in that you'd like to um oh you know i don't think so i don't think so i haven't done much kind of science fiction but uh, i'm doing a science fiction book in october okay uh, for an author I haven't, I haven't narrated for before. It's a, a male author as well, which is is rare for me. It's usually like exclusively female authors that mm-hmm. tend to approach me. So that would be interesting. But uh, no, no, because I've, I've been doing this for so long, I've, I've pretty much narrated everything mm-hmm. genre-wise. That's good. Yeah. They'll come up with something. They keep inventing new ones every once in a while. So you never know. <laughs> a few years ago, they busted out with New Adult. And I'm like, okay. and that's usually between that. Well, I'm sure you know the range between like 19 to like 23. And I'm like, right, so, so what does that make the rest of us like vintage and antique adults? I guess it does. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just thought we were all fucking adults, but now we're going to be new adults, vintage and antiques. Thank you. New adults. <laughs> but um, yeah, again, like the, the best things for me is when I, is a, uh, something that stretches me could be like just in terms of the voice or reverse Mm -hmm. harem is Mm -hmm. ones that I do the most of. And that is really gratifying for me because I get to be seven different people in one book. Yeah. And and that's, I'm I'm not, you're asking me about the stuff I haven't really done, have done everything I think, but 
the reverse home ones are the ones that really test me and the ones that I enjoy the most. Yeah. That's one of my uh, best friends is like, oh my God, I, he's one dude and he's doing all these voices. You've got to listen to it. I'm like, yes, Brandy, I will do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's when you have that situation, because that's the trickiness when it comes down to recording the books and listening is when there are so many characters and you're trying to figure out who, who is speaking the fact that you can give, you know, give us all that range is phenomenal and i know that we all appreciate it as well oh thank you yeah. there's one thing i did uh i did begin to do uh shortly after i started doing these books is keeping little voice notes mm-hmm. of the characters because more often than not these books will be trilogies or at least duologies and then if you go to do the second book you're like fuck i i don't know what any of them yeah like uh, you can listen to the the first book but then you gotta go well this guy isn't in till chapter nine i've got to skim through like eight hours of audio to get to the sentence that this guy says and you can't remember what he sounds like so i have to I have to make notes of all the characters like on my phone i'll just do a quick voice note mm-hmm. so i can get more cataloged in case i have to go back three books later yeah because that's the thing too authors love to do sometimes they'll throw in a like what i call like a throwaway character in book one or two and then all of a sudden in book seven they're like the lead and you're going yeah yeah that's happened i've just given him a generic voice then he, yeah the, the, the main guy in the next like book you're like fuck yeah <laughs> or or the opposite too you you know it was a goofy or goofy moment so there you know you give him this you know you know messed up who kind of a voice or deep down yeah. gravelly you know and you're going ah no <laughs> yeah 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 i've been thrown thrown for a loop a couple of times with that i sometimes wonder if they do it on purpose the authors there there have been some that have said that they will have an accent in there knowing if they have the consistent narrators all the time just to see if they can do it (laughs) and i'm like you're mean i love you but damn that's mean (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh yes why i like you we're good (laughs) we see this is why i make the voice notes to avoid it Mm -hmm. yeah so aside from the voice notes do you um if you punch and roll, do you keep your outtakes and bloopers at all or no? Uh, no, I don't. No. As soon as the raw file is uh, not needed, I, I delete it immediately. I can't can't bear the idea of there being mistakes in the world <laughs> that belong to me. <laughs> and I think that's what it is, especially I've, I've noticed that it's a lot more of the girl, the female narrators that will do things like the bloopers. Yeah. The guys are like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. nope. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 not so much that it's, well, I suppose it is that it's embarrassing. It's like um, it's usually the, I don't tend to make lots of mistakes mm-hmm. because I, I don't read through super fast, and I, I try and pace myself. When I first started narrating audiobooks, um, the producer uh, or the publisher rather said, uh, "You're doing great, but you you're going way too fast." Like, you, you know, I was like, really? It feels like a natural pace. And she says, well, just think about it like this. Uh, we're paying you by the hour, finished hour. So the more time you take, the more money you'll earn. I'm going, right, I'm slowing it down. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing um, like motivation, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And, yeah but I, don't, I don't make a lot of mistakes. I don't think. Usually mistakes won't be a mispronunciation or anything. It'll be like, uh, I don't know, I'll... You know, like a maybe a, a click of the mouth because of, of you know, mm-hmm. intriguing 
soda and it's in my mouth is a little sticky so it's just not gross or it'll be um if i'm in an american accent and then i'll just accidentally say it in a british way mm-hmm. and that, that those are the kind of bloopers so they're not like funny bloopers it's just me being bad <laughs> <laughs> they're not like amusing or worth keeping it's just, oh, okay. it's just me fucking up and it not being <laughs> funny or anything <laughs> yeah and i think that that's what it is too is it's not the fuck up exactly that we are looking for sometimes it's like how do you react to it and especially when yeah. you sometimes get stuck in a word and you're fuck fuck fucky fuck you know and you're going oh, that's, damn it that's the worst thing ever <laughs> and there are certain things i can't even think of any examples right now but uh things that are easy to say as a british person that are very difficult to say in an american accent as a british person and it's usually alliterative things. Uh, and again, I can't think of any examples, but if it's something like maybe if there's like certain sentences with HR, HR words in that go f- like flow after each other mm-hmm. and trying to, it's like as an English person saying it in an American way, you can say each word perfectly and then you try and string them together. And it just won't, it won't lock because your tongue doesn't want to move that way because for years you've you've been saying the words in an English way and mm-hmm. they just won't lock. And so that that that's such uh, a pain. But you know, you just have to keep going and occasionally cheat by splicing it together if you can. <laughs> but like usually you just have to keep pressing on and like one sentence can take 10 minutes. I mean luckily it's not too often. Thank you. I'm yeah. Sort of super talented. <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, it is the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, there's certain words too that even myself as an American, I'm going, that's like, wow, okay. And especially with my brain being bilingual, there were right. times where my I'm talking to you in English and we're fine and everything. All of a sudden, the word that I need to say pops into my head in Spanish and I'm going, that's not helping me. Yeah. How do you say, <laughs> it, you know, in English? And then, or the other way around, I was speaking to my, I remember having a conversation with my grandmother and all of a sudden, we were talking and it was in reference to the fence, but I could not remember how to say fence in Spanish. And I'm like, right. Um, you know, the thing. And <laughs> <laughs> what language do you speak in your dreams? Um, English. English. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Unless... I that kind of fascinating with like with bilingual people. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I know people from Eastern Europe in England. And uh, one of them once said like, oh, I remember when I began dreaming in English, it was like, it was, couple of years ago like, oh of course right yeah because they spoke english perfectly mm-hmm. well better than most english people <laughs> but like in their mind they were still still um hungarian or lithuanian mm-hmm. or whatever it was yeah i will switch automatically into spanish when i'm upset and pissed off about something and then the argentinian mm. accent <laughs> comes out and i think sometimes in the dreams that happens as well um the only other time that there was ever a different language in my dreams and stuff was when i was an infant and a toddler with my sister, my twin sister. So we had oh, that you, twin. twin. That's identical. Yeah. Identical twin. Identical twin. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. <laughs> you have a sibling, don't you? I have an identical twin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a fun thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh it's, it's, uh, it's, it's automatic best friend and automatic worst enemy i think yes that is true when Uh, you're younger especially like it's you know you know exactly which buttons to press yeah that is true but yeah Yeah. 
Those are fun. So that's the only other time there was a different language when you had that twin speak. Did you guys have that? Oh, I'm told we did. Yeah, we used to mm-hmm. communicate. Like, uh, I, I think I had a problem, uh, not not a problem communicating, like I was kind of a little bit shy. So I would, I wouldn't speak to people. I'd whisper in my twin's ear and get him to say what I'd said. Mm-hmm. If I wanted something, I'd ask him to ask for it. I just wouldn't ask for it myself. <laughs> if I wanted like some cookies or something. Mm-hmm. I did that with my, my sister. Twin. Yeah, when I wanted something, I'm like, Francis, go get it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Then like asking yeah um that kind of stopped as, as we got older but sometimes in our teen years we would do that we would have bunk beds and oh yeah was, we had bunk beds too yeah yeah i was on top she was on the bottom and then uh, we you know fall asleep or whatever and then one night my you know the next day my mom comes and talks to me she goes what did you guys do that i'm not aware of and we're going what are you talking about and the last night you guys were talking to each other in your sleep and you're like don't tell mom and i'm like uh, <laughs> I don't know, mom. Sorry. You cannot fault us or ground us when we're sleeping. <laughs> I remember um, I, I burned the living room carpet once and it, it was me that did it. And, uh, but, um, my mom and dad, I put some laundry on top of it to try and hide the burn mark. <laughs> so what it was, we had the little like, gas flame fire and I, th- I, I thought, oh, I'll be Indiana Jones. I, I twisted up some tissue paper and I thought if I stick it in the fire, it'll be like a flaming torch that you could, would walk around a pyramid with or whatever. But instead of being a flaming torch, it just instantly flamed up, burnt my fingers and fell on the carpet, started burning the carpet. So I stamped it out, put some clothes on top of it, thinking, I've never seen my mom and dad wear these clothes. They'll, that, that's going to be fine for like five years. They'll never look under them. And then, uh, but then of course, the very next morning they've picked up these clothes and there's a big burn mark in the carpet and they said which one of you boys has done this and I wouldn't admit it and uh, my, my twin brother wouldn't admit it because he didn't do it and so they said right we're going we're gonna to take you to the police station and they're going to they're gonna arrest you and then we keep you in a cell till we find out which one of you did it and so uh, like they, they did take us to the police station and I'm physically hanging onto the door frames as we were walking past screaming like, no, don't take me. And they took us down and they put us in a cell. Like they got the policeman to play along. Oh my they put, God. They put us in a cell and I, I still didn't admit it. Oh, <laughs> stubborn, even <laughs> they, at a young age. They, yeah. They eventually <laughs> just had to say, well, you know, they had to let us go. Cause I, I just wouldn't admit it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. Talk about old school parenting. (laughs) I mean, it did terrify me, but like, I don't know. Mm. I'd rather, I'd rather go to jail than than, than face the wrath. Be in trouble with my mom and dad. (laughs) I'd rather be in trouble with the police. That is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Similar in my household sometimes. I'm like, "Mm -mm." but it was always interesting. Sometimes my sister would do stuff and then I get in trouble. So I was considered like the black sheep of the family and she was like the saint. And I'm like, really? really she's the one that broke the lipstick not me <laughs> that's very specific the yeah. broken lipstick <laughs> that stayed with you this whole time it has yeah something about it was one of my mom's lipsticks and i think my sister was angry and you know she's like well she just broke it and and then my mom's like viviana i'm like i didn't do that if i did it you wouldn't have figured it out <laughs> Well, that's but, it. Yeah. If, if none of you admits it, then it's not like you both get out of trouble. You're just both in trouble. Then. Yes, we both got grounded. Um, but in some cases, 
like I said, because I was a black sheep and she was believed and then she would were, walk away. Guilty. Yeah. She would walk away, turn around and give me a smirk. And I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> well, you just, you just play the long game, the cold yeah. revenge thing. And you just, you know, pull some yeah. pranks on her. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now in our <laughs> old days, now, um, every now and then, I mean, once in a while, I will smack her out of nowhere. And she's like, what was that for? And I'm like, I'm just catching up. My lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah are you guys um identical twins yes i mean, I, I mean not sorry not identical mirror twins i meant to mirror are you guys mirror identical twins well we look identical like we were from the same egg right but do you know what the mirror part is i'm not sure so you know when you look at a mirror if you raise your right yeah. hand that side also raises the same way but it's their left uh if you look in the mirror in a mirror. Yeah. And you raise your one hand yeah, and that, that, the reflection is the same. Now imagine your twin being the reflection. Yeah. And that's what they call a mirror twin. Um, well, one of them is left-handed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. We're both no? right-handed. Oh, okay. See? Both right-handed. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're mirror twins. And so. Oh, okay. They, well, that, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, it also means that anytime that we did any kind of piercings or like, you know, or, you know, vaccination shots, we had to have them in different spots. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause otherwise, ouch at the same time. I think yeah. the only thing with my brother and I like that, it's like, um, when we were young, we had to have glasses for mm-hmm. bad eyesight. And, uh, because my right eye uh, had poorer vision than the left, and his left eye had poorer vision than the right to the exact same degree. Oh, wow. So well, it was like opposite eyes. But apart from that, I don't, I don't think there's yeah. anything. Other yeah. Than it's just fascinating because it's literally one person split into two. <laughs> yeah. The twins and stuff, and it's like personality. Are you guys... Well, Twins are a lot more common these days because of like uh, fertility treatments, and right? Like this and just like uh, back then, it was it was pretty rare. We were the only twins in our school. Same, we were the only ones too. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like nowadays, it's like twins this or triplets that. I'm going, yeah, but we're like, yeah, there's like they're all over the place now. Mm-hmm, yeah, and I'm like, but see, but we're like the originals, very rare. <laughs> What's wrong with these people not absorbing their twins in the womb like they should? <laughs> no longer yeah. special. Yeah, now they have like um, strollers that are for twins. My dad had to weld two separate uh, <laughs> together because they didn't have anything for twins back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, fun times growing up back in the day. But yeah, it's all good. <laughs> you and your brother are in a band. Do you guys play together? I know you guys we used to be in a band. Are you guys still in a band together? Um, we play together on occasion because mm-hmm. uh, he's... Um, is a phenomenal guitar player and uh, I, I can get by on the guitar, but uh, I'm not like uh, spectacular or anything, but mm-hmm. he is always was just had a gift for it from the moment he picked it up and then just has only gotten better since mm-hmm. like he was, he was playing for like three months and he's already like playing Jimi Hendrix songs like, with his teeth. And I'm like, fuck, okay. Well, Damn. <laughs> I'm like, how, how, like how are you how are you doing that he goes oh you know i'm just, I'm just doing it i'm like fuck i, I can't do that <laughs> and so i i de facto then became the singer mm-hmm. because i couldn't play the guitar as well as he could and he became the guitarist mm. so yeah. that was a kind, kind of our gimmick we were like twins and we had like the same guitars <laughs> and dressed the same on stage so it was kind of like 
people kind of like that. Mm. Yeah, we still we still play uh, now and again, do the odd charity gig, things like that. That's cute. Yeah, it's uh, those things of you know when you're younger, our parents stressing people, you know, seeing alike and things like that. I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not doing that now. But nowadays, <laughs> parents are getting outfits that match their kids, and I'm going, mm, yeah, trauma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Um, well, music, uh, mm-hmm. perform just for myself, uh, and uh, that's, that's that's a lot of what I do. Uh, I I make um, digital art. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, it's called polymodeling. I don't know if how common that term is, but um, it's like generally it's like, uh, I suppose you could call it digital sculpture. Mm. So you're like using uh, programs called like ZBrush where you, you essentially get a digital clay and you use a, a pen and a tablet and you uh, sculpt the clay and make sculptures, things like this. And uh, well, I've made all sorts of things. I can't really demonstrate on a podcast, but... <laughs> <laughs> If you go to my um, Instagram, you can see some of the stuff yeah. that I've made. Wow. Why not just use clay? Because um, you can erase your mistakes easier digitally. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not big on stickiness. <laughs> <laughs> it's a texture thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my apartment's not huge, so I don't want to get mm-hmm. clay everywhere. That is okay. I understand. It's not I'd ask. Because it's like it's like clay. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I've seen some of the artworks really good. Oh, well, you've seen some of my artwork. Yeah, yeah. Well, the ones that you put on your Instagram, I've seen one or two. Oh, of them. okay. It's okay. called research, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite word? Not your favorite curse word. That's the next part. But your favorite word. Ooh, you know, I, I have no idea. I don't mm. think it's something I've given given much thought to what's my favorite word oh, i don't want to welch on the question but i don't know <laughs> okay that's okay next time maybe maybe, maybe come back to that yeah <laughs> so what is your favorite curse word oh uh well i'm british so it's got to be the c word <laughs> <laughs> it's a term of affection here so yeah, it's amazing how it's over here. It's like, oh, you pl- you know, you clutch your pearls when they, they hear it here. And yeah, yeah. I, again, I get stuck though when I listen to a lot of British, uh, when I watch a lot of British TV or or when I'm listening to books and it's just coming out and I'm like, fucking cunt. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I kind of use that as an in replacement of the word like bitch used to be like, oh my God, you did not. Just, oh, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like, bitch, you know, you caught anybody yeah. that and it's not a big deal. So I'm like, when they're bad, I'm like, fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great when you say, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds extraordinary because to me, it's just like, oh, what, what's that cunt up to? Yeah. Like, oh, he's, oh, he's, he'll be back in five minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the, yeah, exactly. Saying like the equivalent of us here using like, oh, bitch, come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or in my case, dude, um, is yeah, what I yeah. use. Like, yeah. stop acting the cunt and pass me that guitar. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just that simple. No one, no one takes offense. It's mm-hmm. just it's another word. Yeah, but yeah. I, th- I think because it's so strong in in, in other places, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of I, I like it because of that because it can be affectionate, but it also can be 
fucking horrific. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's my favorite one. Okay. Cool. Um, as a musician, um, obviously music is huge for you in, in everyday life, but even in regular folks that are not musicians, um, when that one song comes up that we just have to sing, no matter where we're at and who's yeah. around, what's your song? Like, what song is the one that when you hear, whether you're in the grocery, in the car, or anywhere else, that you hear you have to sing along? Ooh. <laughs> oh, Paradise City by Guns N' Roses, No Danger. <laughs> Has to be. What an anthem. Mm-hmm. Heard it when I was a kid, and I fell in love with it instantly, and I've, it's never gotten old for me. <laughs> it, it, it starts off it's just you know a regular kind of jangly kind of stomping kind of rock song and then it double times at the end and there's that crazy guitar solo and it just gets me amped up every time <laughs> i remember as, as like a teenager jumping on windowsills and flinging myself around like a wrestler listening to that song <laughs> but yeah paradise city paradise modern city. classic yeah <laughs> Definitely a classic. Nowadays, kids are wearing the shirts that say Guns N' Roses and they have no clue why. So it's oh, yeah. so sad. I, t- I actually saw Guns N' Roses in 1994 or something like this or five, maybe. I was I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I paid, I think, the equivalent of like 50 quid for a T-shirt. So I'm not sure what that is in dollars, but it's very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at the concerts, those things are never cheap, regardless yeah, of where no, you're yeah. at. And then no. like two weeks after I went to the concert, I saw saw the same t-shirt at the shop for like a quarter of the price. But like mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, well, mine mine was there. Mine yeah. was at the thing. So yeah. Mine has the memories and the sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen Guns N' Roses. I know that my first concert was <sighs> Cinderella, Dawkins, Poison. Oh metal okay yeah but it was like one of those classic ones you know one of those classic tours that we're doing um oh yeah friends and stuff and that was my introduction i'm going this is this is way before my time i don't even know these songs and (laughs) the one that they the the one that has stood out and i i love it now is cinderella is um is uh nobody's fool so that's one that i'm like okay from that concert at least i I took one song home (laughs) so I, I've been to loads of concerts as a musician, as a, mm-hmm. as a teenage guitarist. You, you know, you're hungry for that kind of thing. So I, I've, I saw loads of cool bands back in the day. I saw Foo Fighters when they were on their first UK tour, mm. uh, when their first record came out, nice. and that was cool. Yeah. So we're getting to a fun part here where we get to little play games with our guests called Two Truths and a Lie, where you tell us three things about yourself, and we have to figure out which one is the lie. Okay. Yeah. And I say we because we're all playing along, right, listeners? All right, all right. Okay. <laughs> well, I've undermined one of them already because one of them was I have an identical twin. <laughs> and we now know that that is true. Yes. I knew that beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> so that would have been gonna a be, it's very gonna be, easy. It's going to be one truth and one lie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with the flow. So, what are they? Uh, okay. Um, I appeared in an episode of Game of Thrones. Hmm. And the next one is I once posed nude for a magazine. Wow. So, okay. One of those is true. One of them, one is, of them true. is a lie. <laughs> um, let's see. 
Pose nude is a, is a truth. You are correct. Pose nude for a magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I was a I was a much younger, much trimmer man. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have the uh, the COVID lockdown mm. belly uh, back then. Mm. Yeah, but I yeah, posed naked for a magazine. It was uh, just like an independent rock magazine produced in the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got all the bands that were big in the city at the time and uh, got the front men or like the, the key members. So it was me and my brother and a few other people that I knew from the bands in the scene. And uh, they wrote the name of the magazine on our backs in letters. Like uh, it's called Exposed, ironically. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, I think I think I was the X, so they put a big X on my back, and, and so we all stood at the bar, naked, with a beer in our hands. So we got to see all our backsides, and that was like a, a spread in the middle of the magazine. Wow! But no, I did. I did not appear in Game of Thrones, although I I almost did. Hmm. So that's where that lie. That's where that lie comes from. It's rooted in a, a near truth. Yeah. How did it almost happen? I got an email um, last minute audition for the role. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Did you, did you watch Game of Thrones? Yep. Saw it all. Right. So you'll remember the episode where Queen Cersei is doing the walk of shame mm. through the, uh, the, 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 uh, the town and the yep. throwing cabbages and things and shame, shame, shame. Yep. The bell, that, that whole scene. And then when she gets right down to the bottom of the path, a guy jumps out and says something like, oh, geez, what's the line? I'm a Lannister, suck me off. And he, and he, he opens his robe and sort of like waggles his, <laughs> waggles his penis there. Mm-hmm. Right? You remember that bit? Yep, I do. That was the role. <laughs> and so I got this email to audition for that. But um, it was, because it was so last minute, it's like you got to fly to, Prague, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, the following morning. Oh and my. my passport wasn't, my passport wasn't um, valid. It, it expired. And I hadn't had it renewed. So I was like, oh, fuck, I, I, can't, I can't fly to Prague. And so they gave it to some other guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that could have been me. But I waited until just after the episode aired. So it wasn't like a spoiler or anything. And then I just uh, I put the the email that I got from the casting company online <laughs> and it, it, it went viral. It went like huge because it was like game of Thrones was huge at the time. Yep. And they were saying like, Oh, behind the scenes, like look at this kind of thing, this leaked email. It wasn't leaked. I just, you know, I just, <laughs> I just put it online. And then everyone's going, Oh, leaked email. And it's like, uh, and he's like, talking about like uh must have no piercings or genital mutilations and it was a very specific email that people found titillating at the time so like it just it blew up and like it was uh in the new zealand herald and oh, wow. like the gq and esquire and you know national papers international papers like this email and uh they they picked up on the point that i, I jokingly said that i didn't get the role because i was too well endowed <laughs> so, so that was that was the kind of thing that kind of went made it go viral. <laughs> but yeah, I could have been the I could have been the uh, the dick guy in uh, Game, of <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, life. Yeah, Things that throw at you. The grace. <laughs> there, but for the grace of the seven gods. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it, it makes for a really good story too, though. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that makes up for only having one truth and one lie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> too funny. Um, before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and if you can share what's coming up next for you? Um, yeah, I'm working on lots of stuff, um, like video games. I uh, can't really reveal anything about those because mm-hmm. of the NDAs. Yeah, gotta love those. Um, um, let me see. I've got some books coming out. Uh, I'm doing the Demon Pack trilogy by Jamie and Eve and Everly Frost. And I'm narrating that with Addison Barnes. I've just done a Mountain Man book, which was different for me. It was just like a, a stalker romance, I guess. And it's like a very gruff mountain man, if you're into that kind of thing. That's by Olivia T. Turner. And I'm narrating that with Beth Rogue. Um, I'm doing uh, the latest in the Guild trilogy for Tate James, who I work a lot with. And I'm narrating that with Michelle Sparks. And uh, Laurel Chase, I'm doing some novellas for her in her Chilin series of books. And uh, I'm doing some mafia romances, uh, Ruining Dahlia with C.R. Jane, which I'm narrating with Billy Fulford Brown, and uh, a book called His Rule uh, for Natasha Knight and Ashley Zavarelli. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I've got loads of like loads, <laughs> too, too many to list without being yep. really boring. <laughs> So. Yeah, I, I seriously doubt that anybody would complain about listening to you talk. So, but I get it. I get it. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just nonstop. I, you know, I'm working every day and it, it never stops. But That's I'm, good. I'm glad for it. Yeah. Oh, it's good. You know, good for the listeners. We're devouring these books as they pop out, <laughs> literally, and not giving I mean, some of the, the listeners are like, the book releases last night at midnight and they're already talking to the author. Like, when's the next one coming out? And I'm like, it's <laughs> like chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm booked, I'm booked up solidly till next year. So there's not going to nice. be shortage. No, no shortage of me. I'm afraid. Oh, that's not gee darn. <laughs> I guess we'll just have to deal with it. Oh, it's less I, as I said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Lucas, for taking the time to hang out with me today. It's been such fun. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Mm-hmm. If you're not following him on social media, do not wait a minute longer. You will find his links um, of this episode at over at Viviana Enchantress of Books. And until next time, happy listenings. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Line Black-Peterson, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Don Darch, Michelle Bastard, Nancy Billows. The audiobook loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobook loving we thank you for your support thank you for joining us on the audiobook lovin podcast hosted by viviana enchantress of books for links and more information discussed in today's episode previous podcasts or the audiobook lovin series please visit our website viviana enchantress of if you enjoyed today's episode please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast Until next time, happy listening.